0: Welcome to Double
1: Vision, a reality recap podcast with Jules and Keens. Let's get
0: into it. Hi, Keens. Hi, Jules. How are you doing? I am hanging in there. <laughs> Same. <laughs> this winter weather—I've had enough. Right? Where is the sun? I know. But then when it's summer, I'm going to be like, it's too bright. Right. It's too (laughs) hot.
1: Oh, give me that windy chill again. Mm, A little
0: overcast. I know. Um, So we have left the sunny shores of Anguilla and our ladies are back in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Nini and Kenya are meeting for lunch because Nini wants to know if Kenya is for real she'd rather roll with a real chick. Right. I wrote down, Kenya seems delusional. Kenya <laughs> <laughs> says she didn't click with Portia. Mm-hmm. And then Nene asks about Walter. Yeah, she's like, why'd you lose it on him? Kenya says Walter was being aggressive to her and it set her off because she's dealt with abusive men before and it really triggered her. Like, far be it for me to say she shouldn't be tw- triggered, but I really don't feel like he was being aggressive.
1: Right. And that's why I feel like it's, it's an interesting thing that I think that Kenya Moore does better than a lot of other housewives is that she plays up the ambiguity on the show. Mm-hmm. So we know that there are things that we don't see. And I think that she uses that to her advantage, and she's done it from the beginning, right? We see this. This is her first season. And she's talking about how aggressive Walter is, and we don't see anything other than, like, this mild-mannered, kind of hokey-pokey, you know, Hobby Lobby-looking type guy. (laughs) But we're led to believe he's part of this, like very aggressive being very abusive in ways that trigger Kenya and we're like uh I guess we have to give her the benefit of the doubt yeah
0: but even in the conversation we saw where she got upset with him I felt like he was just trying to emphasize what he was saying because she like wasn't listening he kept being like I feel pressured Mm -hmm. I don't want you to pressure me and she's like you are being so angry and crazy right now (laughs) (laughs) you don't need to talk to me
1: that way you know what I'm out of here yeah Yeah, you're right it's like
0: whenever he says those words something happens (laughs) she like for some reason she like can't listen
1: right and so I will say that this is uh (laughs) one of my favorite moments from season five that I'd forgotten about until I saw it again is when Nini uh in the confessional mentions well Walter's not that into you so you need to move on
0: yeah um okay I think I wrote down Nini's whole quote here oh yeah I don't know what Kenya want maybe Kenya wants a baby and not a guy I could hook her up with homeboy down here on the corner and we can get a turkey baster bang bang we can put the sperm up in you Kenya That is so much better than what I wrote down oh my gosh yes oh so insulting so funny Um, and then Kenya insists that she's not crazy and Walter has done things like ask what her ring size is.
1: Yeah, it's, I, listen, I don't know what to believe, but the only side of the story that we're hearing is Kenya's. And so we can either take that at face value or we can assume that there is a completely different side of the story that makes more sense based on what we've seen on the show up to this point.
0: Yeah, I mean, I also feel like it is possible that this is true, although, you know, it's also, it's possible this is a, a completely a fabrication, that the whole relationship is a facade that oh, Kenya's no. put on for reality TV, but say it's true and say he did ask her ring sides, I think it's totally possible that he felt like things were moving in that direction, but did not want to be, like, commanded to propose on the Anguilla trip, or, mm-hmm. like, set on a really tight timeline, and the more she pressures him, the more he pulls away, which is, like, kind of a normal response. Like, it's Definitely a response a person could have.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point, honestly. I like that better. Let's okay. go with that. <laughs> Let's pretend it's I th- real. <laughs> I think that I think that too.
0: <laughs> then at Porsche's house, mm-hmm. she's having Cynthia and Candy over for champagne and pie. It looks so good.
1: Right? It's honestly, it looks so
0: good. <laughs> <laughs> you just said that. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Portia discusses her plans to have twins and is considering eating a certain kind of yam that people in a village who have a lot of twins eat. Um, and he's like, that could also be genetics. <laughs>
1: And it's so like Portia I think does this like great thing where she has both a perspective but she's kind of clueless. So like when Candy and Cynthia get there, they're like, Oh wow, this house is so beautiful. Like how many bedrooms is it? And she's like, Oh, I don't know how many bedrooms there are. Like six or seven? Right. Yeah. <laughs> or something. But anyways, yeah. So we're trying to have children and I I, I could definitely do and we're like, can or <laughs> Portia, girl, get it together. But the the look on her face when Candy mentions the genetics, like, well, if they're all from the same village, then maybe that's why twins are such a big deal. And She's like, I don't think so. I don't know. You know, I got I to gotta look into that.
0: No, it's definitely the yams. Right.
1: And so, of course, all of these ladies can't be together without talking about the potential for marriage. Mm -hmm. And so they talk about uh, Todd and Candy and their conversations about marriage. And so, of course, Cynthia brings up Kenya.
0: Yeah, they're all thinking about how she freaked out in Anguilla because Walter didn't propose to her. And Portia says she's just puzzled as to what is going on with them. Right.
1: And you know when a man is selling you a dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: they're like, oh, maybe he's been like bamboozling her into thinking they're, he's going to propose, and then he hasn't.
1: Right. What I will say is that I saw that as Portia actually technically giving Kenya the benefit of the doubt yeah. and saying, you know what? Men do have a way of trying to trick you into thinking that they want the same things that you want. But this whole situation is, as you mentioned, puzzling.
0: Puzzling. Yeah. <laughs> I also think Portia's probably going to be on a bit of a campaign to act like she's speaking very kindly of Kenya because she lost it so hard <laughs> in their infamous poolside fight that I think she's going to be like trying to convince everybody, like, I'm the reasonable one. I'm the nice one. I'm mm. giving her the benefit of the doubt. I don't say anything that mean about her. No, that's a really good point. Yeah. I think, and Portia is smart like a fox
1: like she knows exactly what she's doing oh yeah yeah she's three steps ahead of everybody
0: at all times um now Phaedra and Apollo are meeting with Kenya about production on their donkey booty video
1: right it's super exciting um Kenya seems really knowledgeable about all yeah. of the things production-related. Like, I was kind of shocked by her level of professionalism since I think this is the first time we've actually seen Ke- Kenya in a segment where she wasn't, like, talking outside of her neck and sounding
0: absolutely crazy. <laughs> yeah. So she brings them a DVD of her, quote, last movie, The Confidant. It's oh, also her first movie. It's her only right. movie. <laughs> that's right. And in that movie, she – says she role played a prostitute which is I think you would just say you played a prostitute right like what is that makes me think did you guys ever role play oh god Apollo says we need to and Kenny's like Phaedra you need to up your game a little bit I can't believe Phaedra doesn't lose it on her Phaedra is so unbothered by this nonsense
1: Yeah, but she's also, like, too busy arguing with Apollo about the concept of the video to really pick up on what Kenya's throwing out there.
0: Yeah, because Apollo wants it to be, like, a super hard workout, and she wants it to be, like, more accessible for people of all levels. Right. She says, this video's for a Becky that wants a booty. like I'm a Becky that wants a booty, right? I'm, I'm like
1: that sounds like way better than what pa- Apollo's bringing out, which is like you're not going to be able to like get a real like workout. You're not going to be able to get sweaty, and we're like. yeah nobody I was like has anybody ever heard of Richard Simmons like what are you (laughs) doing
0: come on yeah he's like this is gonna be like to get you so jacked and you'll see results and it's like I don't think anyone's expecting that from a DVD workout so Kenya says it's really unprofessional the way they're arguing in front of her is just like kenya you just asked if they role play like what that's not professional what are you talking about oh my gosh it's actually a mess i
1: mean there's also the cut to kenya in the confessional mentioning well phage is clearly a novice but i'm like who in a business meeting is making it sort of about you and sexual things yeah
0: yeah so you're you're not a novice because you have produced a movie literally one that she had
1: (laughs) a dvd of and i'm like i mean granted this was in 2012 so maybe that was a little bit more of a flex at the time but she even said oh and i got him to autograph it like
0: yeah i don't think there was a theatrical release for the (laughs) confidant i'd never heard of it i think a dvd is all there is right Uh, straight to dvd awesome
1: maybe that's the production that she provides is straight to dvd (laughs) yeah
0: i mean probably a lot of things are done straight to dvd and it's like it is impressive to make a movie it's just the way she acts like she's coming as like a hollywood a-lister basically yeah which (laughs) i mean the delusion the
1: delusion
0: Um, so Cynthia and Peter are grocery shopping and Peter sees on a blog that Phaedra and Apollo are getting a divorce. Yeah. Like an alert about it. Right. (laughs) He's so messy. He's, I mean, it's, pretty terrible
1: um and then i don't recall who said what but there was a lot of discussion about apollo being in the strip club
0: yeah he's been hearing rumors right
1: and to which peter responds he's like well in the south that's like an office right like everybody's there
0: yeah and cindy is like well do you go he's like every six months or so but then when she presses him she's like when was the last time you were there he's like day before yesterday
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. And then this is the interaction that was both funny and terrible to me. So Cynthia asks, like, well, why do you as a married man feel like you need to go to a strip club? Like, what is it that you need to see? And then of course, Peter in his infinite wisdom decides to make a weird comment, basically 2024 jargon nagging Cynthia like, Oh yeah. Cause you know, I need like a beautiful, I want to see like a tall, beautiful woman. Where else am I going to find that? Like,
0: yeah, he's like, it's just the atmosphere and like to get to see other women, she's like, okay. Right? <laughs> Cynthia.
1: And that's the thing about a confident woman is yeah. that she's not, and that's, I think, why so much of the things that Peter says that are cringe to me just f- literally fly, they bounce right off of Cynthia. Yeah,
0: totally. And she says she wants to go to the strip club too. Um, definitely a I'm such a cool girl move. Right. Oh, I love strip clubs. Let's go. Yeah. It's like, oh, all
1: four of us should go to the strip club. We can do like a double date. Right. And I'm like,
0: uh, okay. Have you ever been to the strip club? I've never been. I remember once my good friend and I were in, we were in our early 20s. We were in North Beach in San Francisco. And we went to, oh my God, I'm like blanking on the name, but it's like this kind of like famous little club. It's not even a club. You go into like a little booth and there's like a girl there and she like strips for you. Mm. And it's like coin operated so your window stays open longer, like while she's doing her thing. We're like, let's go in. Ha, ha, ha. This will be funny. And we knew a girl who had like worked there or something. So we were just like, this will be cool. And I'm sure that the girl didn't care about us at all. Like she's, I'm sure all kinds of people go in, mm-hmm. but, um, and you're like circular, like you can, there's other people in other booths too, but you can't really see them, but it's just like, we're not the only ones, but she came up to our booth and like pressed her butthole, <laughs> like oh. on the window. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, ah! And I, we could, I don't know if that was like, she's like, yep, this is what I do. Or if she's like, screw you guys. I know you're in here to giggle. Like, get out. Holy crap. (laughs) I have no idea. I'm sure there's lots of dudes who'd be like very excited about that move. Um, But that was like the only time. Wow. Yeah. I honestly think like, I think going to guys strip clubs are really fun or like shows where guys strip is fun because I love the energy and it's like women just screaming and laughing and be like, oh my God, haha!" Ha, or like guys getting up on them and like, it's like fun and lively. And I feel like if girls stripping had that same atmosphere, I would totally love it. Cause it would just be like, oh teehee, this is so fun. Like maybe burlesque is like that more, but I feel like mm-hmm. dude strip clubs are more just like guys being quiet in a creepy way. It's like dark. It's like it's like I don't want to be around dudes having that energy I love what like whatever the girls are doing is fine with me I just like don't want to I don't like the like dudes aren't having fun when they're there they're being weird Mm.
1: yeah and I will say I mean it's funny and I think you know no spoilers but I think it does sort of depend on the strip club too like every strip club is not created equally in a lot of ways but I, I to your point I think that I think that the very first strip club that I ever went to when I was like 18 or 19 because uh, I had a friend who's, um, well, she was, I'm assuming she still is bisexual and really wanted to go to a female strip club. And so we're like, all right, well, we're 18, so we can go, which, I mean, we all know going to any club event at 18 is just like not it. Like you got to wait till you're (laughs) 21. Anyways. But so the very first one that we went to, we ended up going to two different ones in San Francisco. And so the first one felt like, it reminded me of like a pool hall. Like it felt like a a smoking lounge or something like that. It felt very like almost suffocating and exactly the vibe that you're talking about. Like a lot of like guys sitting quietly and like dark lit. And then there was just like a stage that was just like bizarre. But then we went to another one in downtown San Francisco That had been recommended and we should have just gone to that one, but that one felt so it was still dark, but it was also like a woman who even the way because I didn't know that they like clean the poles in between dancers. And even the way that she cleaned the pole, I've I've talked about it for the last like 15 years now. <laughs> it was one of the most sensual, like amazing things i would ever seen. And I was like, I didn't realize that. And so I, of course, at 18 was like, oh, this is what a professional strip club looks like. And so after that, every time anybody's like, oh, you want to go to the strip club? I was like, well, is it a professional strip club? And... <laughs> Yeah,
0: maybe I just need to go to a professional strip club. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I made that up. It was just... Are there professionals working there? Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, and as
1: far as I know, that uh, lovely lady did a great job in the champagne room with my friend. Um, I wasn't there. We just put in on... I, I, I don't know. It's It's hard to remember all of the details other than I was 18 and we were pretty poor and so we all like banded together to like pay for my friend to have an experience and so I don't know if they like charged by the person or what But she was the only person that was there and she's like that was amazing you guys are the best
0: so i bet as a stripper you're like so stoked you're like oh cool you're not like a skeezy dude yeah like great this is gonna be like so pleasant yeah exactly
1: (laughs) and so you know i mean it depends on the strip club but you're right i think that the vast majority of the ones that i've been to have been exactly what you described just a little like, dude
0: energy that isn't fun to yeah. be around. And I'll say I went to a gay strip club in Portland, like, gay men, mm. and it was the vibe was very much – I mean, there were also ladies there, but it was, like, a gay bar that had a strip show, like, on a pole. Yeah. And the energy was also very positive there. So I really think the issue is with straight guys. <laughs> uh,
1: well, they are to blame for a lot of things. So. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, but – I did want to mention that Peter um, made note of Apollo being locked up as if that sort of justifies his need to be out in the ship club all the time. Yeah, but
0: then, you know, later Apollo talks about his experience in prison and it really, I do wonder how much how like he must be really affected by all this stuff still not that it's like that's why he has to go to a strip club but like I think it had probably messed with him a lot mm-hmm. to be in prison
1: I think so too and it's something that I feel like most people can't actually understand or yeah. even empathize with in a way that makes sense right they either want you to be who you were before you went in which you're changed or they met you after you were in there and they like have no conception of like who you could be yeah. Right, and so it's sort of like it's. I feel like it's probably like a hard, a hard place for Apollo to be in this in this particular instance at this phase of his life. But yeah,
0: I don't know. Um, so. Kenya and Walter meet at a restaurant with a cafeteria atmosphere. Right. which <laughs> like, Kenya, I thought you hated cafeteria atmosphere. Right. And I think
1: she might actually love it. And <laughs> I will say to Kenya's credit, I think that this segment with Walter was really good for her. Like she mm. came off as so calm, so personable, like very relatable, just like trying to have a conversation with the person that you're with and Walter was like not having it so we see Kenya like describing her feelings and Walter admitting like well I thought you told everybody that I was going to propose which she kind of did right and I'm like are we not going to address that that's
0: exactly kind of what you did Kenya I just feel like she approaches things with him as in like I'm upset you need to find a way to make me feel better and like I think it's maybe very gendered of her. It's like, I'm the prize. You're the one who's fighting for me. You have to make sure I'm okay at all times. But, like, I think he might want the kind of relationship where, like, she also wants to know if he's okay. Mm -hmm. Or, like, if he's upset about something, maybe he wants her to apologize for her part in it. It's like she's not looking for that at all.
1: Yeah, which is interesting because I feel like that is the dynamic of a relationship with, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Right? It's a lot of give and take. And yeah, I think that Kenya pretty consistently places herself on a pedestal and expects everybody else to treat her as if she is above them, which Mm -hmm. is an odd way of interacting with other humans. Especially
0: she's just like, I'm so hot, you should be doing everything to keep me. And it's like, that might be like the beginning of a relationship, maybe, but like, that's not actually sustainable forever that someone's just going to be like worshiping you because you're hot and just trying to make sure that you're happy no matter like what little temperament you're in come on yeah and I mean there's also
1: like an aspect of it where I'm like okay is this part of or was this separate from her past relationships right so with Walter she talks a little bit about like how she has dealt with domestic abuse Mm -hmm. and how like some of the things that he was doing was very triggering and then she also talks about how they had talked in depth it seems like about their relationship moving forward and that she wanted something within six months like she set a timeline because she's not getting any younger and then Walter responds with well you're not getting any younger and starts to kind of like gaslight her a little bit like well did I say that is that actually what we were discussing yeah like
0: she says I'm not a girlfriend I am a wife mm. and he says well simply because at your age you're not married and you're all this wifey material Ugh. like oh you're such a wife well you're not married
1: <laughs> right I was just like what's wrong with it like this no is gross.
0: he's definitely he's definitely like Angry, and he's anti- he's responding antagonistically. But it's also like, I just like I understand why he's still angry. She hasn't done anything to make it, like to address his feelings. She's still angry because he's not addressing her feelings. Like this seems like pretty, I don't know. It's like all kind of predictable, right? Mm-hmm. She's like she just like can't understand why it's not working. Like why they're not coming to a resolution. But it's like because neither of you is doing anything that it would take to find a resolution.
1: Yeah. And it's so, I will say that I felt like not actual heartbreak because, you know, I'm not like the biggest fan of Kenya Moore generally. But when she sort of asked the question, like, well, how do you feel about me? I'm like, that is technically the right question. But yeah. I, I feel like there are other questions
0: that maybe should have preceded that.
1: Yeah. And probably they did, right? Where it's a reality TV. True, but... true, true.
0: Like, it, yeah. But he says, I love you, but I can't feel pressured to marry you. Mm-hmm. He has said this so many times in so many ways. I don't want you to pressure me. Yeah. Um. And he says he's not in love enough to go and marry you today.
1: Right. Which to me, I'm hearing he's not ready for marriage. Yeah. What do you think Kenya hears?
0: <laughs> she says she feels deceived. <laughs> deceived. <laughs> Well, he's like, maybe she got it. Like, I think she says in confessional that she feels deceived. Yeah.
1: So. I think in the moment she's like, okay, well, mm-hmm. I'm going to go. I don't know. It was bizarre.
0: Yeah. Oh, wait. Should we take a break? Yes.
1: And we're back. So we return uh, to Candy at her home and Pastor Pollard is blessing the house with help from Phaedra.
0: Yeah, she brought her pastor to bless the house for them. (laughs) It's unclear whether she scheduled this in advance or just like stopped by with her pastor.
1: (laughs) It's honestly, I feel like this is just another example of how Phaedra finds ways to create amazing TV. Um, And so... In the moment, right, the pastor blesses the home. And then Phaedra says, oh, this is the blessing. The next thing will be the wedding. Right, Todd? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Being a little shady, Phaedra.
1: Right. But Todd was, I think, ready for this because he responds immediately. I thought the housewarming was next.
0: And I'm like, okay, yeah, Todd. Kind of I think that Phaedra knows shes he's not going to freak out by her saying this. Yeah. In confessional, Candy says, I'm just going to keep it real. I don't want to be like Kenya scaring off Walter. <laughs> I want my situation to flow like it's supposed to flow. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like Candy does never wants to seem thirsty or desperate or anything like that?
1: Yeah, it's and I honestly can't tell if that's actually Candy's persona because I do think that generally she is the even-killed, like, I, very few things ruffle my feathers, get me unbothered. But I, I can't tell if that's her or that's just how she wants to come off it it was never throughout Candy's run on Real Housewives of Atlanta it's never been super clear to me but yeah it's refreshing especially when you compare it to like Kenya oh yeah
0: (laughs) she's probably like the least thirsty housewife out there oh yeah by far um so they're kind of talking about getting married and Phaedra says I won't lie marriage is hard I want to kill my husband lots of days And then she just goes into like a litany of complaints about him and everyone's like the pastor and Todd again. You're like, okay.
1: Right. It's the wildest (laughs) thing. I will. It's, oh my gosh. It's, it's actually really funny because it reminded me in the moment of an episode of This American Life where this girl was being recorded and then she's like, I would effing kill him. And then it was quiet. She's like, this is being recorded. So of course I'm joking. Ha 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 ha. what it reminded me of like phaedra please at some point say you're (laughs) joking because this is a lot actually
0: totally serious so
1: serious and i was like okay what levels of frustration are you dealing with and maybe like don't just start going off in candy's house with a pastor and a camera like i felt like phaedra ma'am remember where you are and what you're doing like let's let's focus up you know what i mean yeah Um,
0: So we go to Portia and Cordell drinking champagne in their hot tub, which I'm sure is something they do all the time, even when cameras aren't there. Yes, I'm (laughs) sure of it.
1: And so they're talking about how great of a vacation Anguilla was, and of course... I think I keep saying, of course, this evening, because I feel like this was an episode where everybody exactly met expectations in terms of either the shady or the ridiculous things that they brought to the episode. So Cordell and Portia are talking about the interactions with Kenya and everything like that. I get the sense that Cordell is never on Portia's side, but um, she when portia describes what happens she's like well kenya only ever apologized for calling me the b word and then cordell says but
0: didn't you call her a tramp (laughs) yeah she kind of like glosses over that (laughs) right so she
1: tries to say well i only called her a tramp because kenya mentioned my tattoo and she said tramp stamp
0: which is not true
1: and the editors were like, we are not having that, honey.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, they showed the sequence. They cut back to it, right?
1: Right. But let's keep in mind that they do this right after she says, and I quote, I'm not the type of person to judge people. I never would have gone there.
0: No, no. <laughs> the video footage,
1: <laughs> the video for footage determined that was a lie. Yeah. Like, no, no. You, you she brought it up completely unprovoked and it was only after she called kenya a tramp that kenya mentioned porsche's quote tramp stamp
0: yep lies complete lies so cordell's like encouraging her to sort of like stand up to kenya and like don't let her walk like basically don't let her walk all over you you got to go harder it's like weird to me how much he's like so invested in how porsche deals with kenya
1: yeah but i think that cordell is oddly invested in how portia does everything yeah
0: he's like you should do this you should do it that way
1: yeah he's like analytical and critical in ways that is just weird and i'm like i don't know that he notices it probably because you know he was a qb and he's older than portia but even on camera i'm like this is a weird relationship like yeah
0: yeah So in confessional, Portia says, I know Cordell wants me to come at Kenya hard, but that's just not my style. I'm a grown woman, so I want to address it and move forward. Mm. And I love that she said, I want to address it and move forward because that is such a classic housewife refrain where it's like, we have to talk about that fight we had so we can address it and move forward, thus beginning another fight exactly because it it never ends after it's been addressed no 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 there's no such thing as addressing something and moving forward
1: right but it's like well it'll be weird and there's and it's you're right it's almost like a teflon excuse because of course you want to be able to address something you don't want to sit there you don't want things to be awkward you want to clear the air but that's not actually what you're trying to do what you are trying to do is facilitate more drama
0: and say like i was right i still think i'm right Mm -hmm. you owe me an apology so cynthia and peter go to the strip club i can't believe the next thing we see them do is go to a strip club it's like it feels like they just went straight from the grocery store to a strip club
1: right i mean to cynthia's credit apparently she was able to plan this and i will say i know that we've talked a lot about how much of the interactions with the housewives are orchestrated i genuinely think that Cynthia is completely responsible for the selection of this strip club and the outing.
0: Yeah. um, She finds this like what I, what looks, I can just always describe it as maybe a roadhouse. Yeah. It's um, she thought it was going to be really fancy and it is like a dive bar with like women in their fifties and sixties, white women. (laughs) Um, Like just, you know, they're, I mean, in a way, it's kind of amazing because these are like naturally aged women, like yep. not a fake breast insight. Like everyone's just living their life being like, I'm just naked on this stage, love it or like it or lump it, like <laughs> whatever. So I kind of love that, but it's definitely not like a hot, I'm sure it's... In- atlanta there are some like really hot ladies in the strip club and this is not that <laughs> oh hundred uh, percent
1: and to cynthia's credit right i will give her uh, to defend her a little bit so the name of the venue is the claremont
0: lounge and sounds very fancy right
1: i mean it does sing uh, to me if i hear that and i'm probably pronouncing it wrong but the claremont lounge i'm thinking of like speakeasy mm-hmm. like something that's just like a little bit more of a jazzy like feel. the lady are like
0: doing fedora stripteases yes
1: that's exactly <laughs> what i'm thinking and so i but that's why i'm like i suspect that cynthia actually
0: orchestrated this yeah so. totally um so phaedra and apollo meet them there mm-hmm. and phaedra says it's beautiful to me to see women of this age celebrating and enjoying their new bodies scrumptious yes. like yes so body positive Phaedra. so I love it. body
1: positive and i feel like she always has been i mean granted she's not a huge fan of fake booties fake bodies yeah but when it comes to just women's bodies generally i think that she's always been so celebratory and you see that like because she had there was no honestly these women could have very easily just been the butt of the joke mm-hmm. and Phaedra walked in and was like, mmm, the confidence. I yes. love it. And I'm like, I love you for reacting like that in real time.
0: Absolutely. Um, Apollo starts, like, talking about when he goes to the strip club and how Phaedra needs to come out with him. Like, they need to go out. And he says, a lot of people live between the hours of 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. I don't live like, with time restraint. Time restraint are for people that have to abide by time and live through a sector of the time scale.
1: Yep. What? (laughs) Apollo, what? Yeah, I also wrote down the sector of the time scale.
0: (laughs) Sector of the time scale. Like I'm in Loki or something. Yeah, I don't. This must be the multiverse before it existed,
1: (laughs) because I had no idea what he was talking about, but... I don't know. Have you ever heard of this concept of people who like when you like when you perceive of them as like super smart and they say something that doesn't make any sense? They're like, oh, I probably just don't understand it. Right. Versus like somebody who you don't think is super smart. So when you don't understand, you're like, oh, they're not making any sense.
0: Did you see Glass Onion?
1: I did. And that's exactly what I'm thinking of.
0: Right. (laughs) Because
1: it's sort of but in real time, I'm like, what oh yeah oh I I guess I missed something because I'm not understanding what's going on yeah the
0: first time I watched this I was not writing things down so I definitely just I definitely like did just brushed past that statement and did not know like I was just like I'm assuming he's saying something that makes sense (laughs) 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 in retrospect he was not right we were
1: also at least 10 years younger and so Mm -hmm. You know, your perspective is different. But I'm like, yeah, no, I maybe he's drunk. Like, I, I don't know. But I think that what he's trying to say is that he wants to, like, live life to the fullest and not be, like, restrained by, oh, you're only supposed to do these things at this per- particular time of the day, right? Like, you sleep it when it's dark and you work when it's light out. Like, that's what I'm guessing he's saying.
0: Sure. But it's also, like, <laughs> I don't think he has a job. So that's also probably why he feels that way um he kind of starts complaining about their marriage they don't go out anymore and he feels like he's lost himself in the marriage Mm -hmm. which is like you know it's hard to adjust to being a parent of a young child like you don't get to go out as much like your time is even if you're not working like your time is so demanded upon like so I kind of get that but it seems like he kind of like acts as if like phaedra is somehow like responsible for this and it's like no you're just like you're a parent now
1: yeah and i I think that phaedra the way that she describes it it, to me it, it i will say watching it i was considering their differing perspectives and i think part of it is also what we talked about earlier with apollo having been in jail and so like i imagine like so i don't actually know how long he was in jail He mentions it, but I, I didn't write it down and I didn't commit it to memory. But so even assuming it's just like a small section of time, like, you know, there's been studies that say that time moves differently when you're incarcerated. And so if you're assuming that this is happening when they're younger, right, like in their 20s, that's time that he's lost that he can't get back. But Phaedra was on the outside and was able to do whatever she wanted. She she doesn't strike me as the type of person that wants to be out and about and doing lots of things anyways, but she had the option. And so now he's out. He's trying to make up for lost time, but she's like, but we've started a family. Now's the time for us to be inside and just relaxing with each other and focusing on our, our raising our son, being a mom. Like, I don't want to go out. But he's saying, I want the support of... My partner to say I know that it's been hard for you you probably need an outlet you want to be out so I'm gonna go out with you to support you and I'm like
0: but she can't do that yeah the yeah.
1: the relationship just isn't aligned right it doesn't seem like they want the same things from actually they want the same things they want support from their partner but what that support looks like seems like very different things for them
0: yeah I really I, I get this sense Like the story I tell myself of their relationship, is that when he got out of prison, that she sort of was offering him of like, I will, like, we can get married, we can raise a family, you can have a good life with me. I'll like, it'll, it'll like, you'll, you're safe now. Like, you get Mm -hmm. to like, I'm gonna like make you have a decent and good life, and like, in a way, I think she thinks like, she's saving him somewhat. Mm -hmm. And maybe he liked that idea, too, that it's just, like, I I don't know, kind of redemptive for him. Or it's like, yes, now I'm going to, like, do the things that I wanted to do and, like, have a good life again. Mm -hmm. It just might be hard to be ready for that when you're coming out of prison.
1: Yeah, agreed. And I, I think it's just hard for him And for Phaedra, right. And it's unfortunate because they do seem to be very into each other. They're beautiful people. Yes, I know. I do believe their love is real. Same. I really do. But I I think that at the end of this whole segment, Cynthia has this cute part where she jokes about, oh, yeah, when you're, you know, dating somebody young instead of my OG. But she says it like. Grandpa, because Peter is so.
0: Meanwhile, Peter's standing there, actually, legitimately into these old lady strippers. <laughs> they cut to him a few times, and was like this, he's very into this. Oh, jeez. Peter's just kind of.
1: Oh, Peter. He just he wants to be a villain and the center of attention so bad. He's willing to do whatever <laughs> to make that happen. Apparently.
0: Uh, um we have a little moment with Nini. She's at an Ebony magazine shoot and she's wearing a dress made of dollars. Yes,
1: she's there because she's on the cover of Ebony's Power 100.
0: Yeah. So just another moment where Nini's living her best life, right? being just so celebrated. The
1: star that she is. Iconic. Right. And so after that, we have Cynthia at a Bar One event,
0: I guess, for her Moscato. Yeah, she's launching a sparkling Moscato. And I was like, this has to be so sweet because like Moscato is a really sweet wine, I think. It is very sweet. I don't love a sweet wine, I gotta say.
1: Yeah, I think that Moscato is great when you're first starting to drink oh yeah right and you want you're like oh yeah let me get that Moscato like I would like a strawberry Zinfandel please
0: oh my gosh (laughs) oh my gosh I'm more sophisticated I'll take the blackberry Merlot (laughs) I think it was like a brand called Wild Vines that had like blackberry Merlot strawberry Zinfandel and peach Chardonnay and when I was like 19 for I would be like who can get me a bottle of one of these delicious fruit wines (laughs) oh
1: my gosh okay were they in a bottle or they were they in a box no it was a bottle but I mean
0: I think it was like truly like five dollars oh that's amazing
1: but also I mean barefoot has been was five dollars for a long time yeah that's like four or five dollars out here um Shout out to California. Yes. So it doesn't,
0: the price doesn't mean anything. But it was not. I mean, it was <laughs> like sugar wine. I
1: mean, <laughs> the fact that it's flavored Merlot. Oh my gosh. Yeah. A little, yeah. but... <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm here for it. I like, I... ooh, Carlo Rossi. No, I like the good stuff. I like peach chardonnay. Oh, my gosh.
1: <laughs> when I tell you that we, there was this guy in, I can't remember if it was late high school or early college, but it was from my hometown and his name was Rossi mm-hmm. and he was named after Carlo Rossi. And I honestly thought that he was like the sexiest man ever. And like his name was sexy. Like everything about him to me was like the sexiest ever. So years later, it had to be like maybe two years ago. I was going through old photos, and I saw a photo of Rossi, and I was like, "Girl, what?"
0: <laughs> it was just the magic of being named after I, Carlo I Rossi. I
1: genuinely think it was. I was enamored with being named after Carlo Rossi. Like oh I really, because I I felt like I was like I I could marry this man. Like
0: it was Mrs. Carlo Rossi, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and to be clear this is a man that did not give me even a second glance it's not even mm. like a thought he didn't even know that i existed but i thought that he was like the sexiest man on the planet and i'm glad that he didn't know that i existed because that would have ended very poorly for me yeah. I'm sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um so we're at cynthia's event everyone's there except nini because she's doing her big photo shoot Um, Peter and Apollo are chatting, and Peter asks about his time in prison, Mm -hmm. and Apollo says he was confined to his cell twenty-four hours a day for sixteen months. Yeah, which is like insane because Mm -hmm. I'm sure he does. He was not even in maximum security. I think it was just like petty theft or forgery or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's like just shocking. I believe this is happening all the time and it's crazy and horrible. It made me so upset for him.
1: Yeah. Um He tells a story about um, how he just he was able to get on trash detail and he goes outside and he just sort of he starts crying because he um, sees the sky and it's raining and it, for him it was like this massive experience. and. I felt so much for him in that moment. Like, I just, I don't know. The, the ways that incarcerated individuals are treated is just such a terrible and like missed opportunity in some ways. And I'm like, I, it seems like actual cruel and unusual It is. To have somebody like not even be able to get fresh air. that
0: absolutely has to be against every regulation. And I just don't think anyone checks or cares. And I think prison guards are just like, oh, it's easier to keep them in their cells. So that's what happens. Probably. (sighs) Okay. I'm going to try not to get too heated up because I know we're just recapping the reality show. But like it's horrifying. I believe every word of it. And, yeah, we should always remember that there are people imprisoned who are being treated horribly, and it's got to change.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should take a break.
0: Okay. On that note, let's take a break. (laughs) Okay. back
1: and so once uh we're at the event and everyone looks amazing right Yes. every single person walks in looking great so candy walks in and she checks in with kenya immediately who looks fabulous we also see walter arrive later but instead of going to see kenya he avoids her and goes to hang out with the guys
0: yeah uh which is such a weird move Walter come on get it together what are you doing um candy says about Walter and Kenya sometimes I see them together and it's like they don't even know each other like that it's weird (laughs) it is weird it
1: is weird And so i don't know if this is before or after this observation but she also talks to kenya about the possibility of having kids without being married and i'm not sure if this is another slight towards walter and saying listen this isn't the guy for you like you don't have to do this exactly if you want (laughs) to be a mom you can do it without being tethered to this man for the rest of your life Yeah, that's great advice all right oh man so Eventually, uh, Portia arrives and she decides that this is the perfect time to approach
0: Kenya. Yeah, when Kenya's already like kind of seething about Walter's (laughs) behavior.
1: (laughs) And so she's just like, I need to know how we're going to be able to move forward.
0: Yeah. Um, there was a lot going on and I just like want to know how we can move forward like very sweet Kenny mm-hmm. he says well honestly Portia I really don't want to get to know you I don't think we can be friends I think you went too far I think you have a lot of growing up to do and some of the things you said you can't take back I don't see us as having a friendship
1: yeah and <laughs> Portia was very taken aback (laughs) she's like um so i wasn't talking about being your friend i was talking about being cordial i don't see a friendship here either but you can tell immediately that kenya's like i'm the queen bee and you're trying to like stick up like suck up to me so that you can be part of this group but i'm not gonna let you be part of this group because i don't want to be your friend
0: yeah, maybe Kenya thinks she's Portia's way in or something, but no, 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 no.
1: No, everybody else likes Portia. That's why I'm like. Did you yeah. not? Have <laughs> she, you not? No, I don't <laughs> think
0: she gets that at all.
1: Like, what's why aren't you paying attention for somebody that's the new kid on the block and that everybody knows? Like, yeah. why aren't you paying attention to who is actually like well-known and well-liked in Atlanta? Mm-hmm. Weird flex, but okay.
0: Porsche says in confessional, I tried to be the bigger woman, but maturity does not always come with age.
1: <laughs> and so eventually, and I can't remember if Kenya actually left the party or if Porsche just goes up to Cynthia to try and debrief what happened and how she's then trying to report to Cynthia like, yeah, you know, I was trying to figure out like how do we move forward? But then here comes Cordell having lots of opinions about what Porsche's doing, how she's feeling and how she's processing how she's feeling yeah, with her friend. It's, he,
0: he says, if you have to apologize to Kenya again, it's going to be a problem between you and me. Why? I mean, it's so <laughs> controlling and weird. It's like he wants to be in charge of how she presents herself to other people in all of her relationships with them. Yeah, and then it, I didn't even pick up on that part.
1: What I noticed the most was how often Portia kept trying to explain herself and Cordell kept cutting her off and not letting her speak.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: no, 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 we're not doing that. No, 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 no. See, but didn't we just say that we're not going to talk about this anymore? So we need to stop talking about it. And I'm
0: like, what is happening right now? Yeah, it's so, he's, it's, yeah, he's really belittling her. hmm um, now we go to Apollo kind of venting to the guys about Phaedra says I'm dealing with a goddamn beast oh my <laughs> but like I think what he means is that she's so driven she's working so hard she's mm-hmm. like probably up at six and doing everything and she's like come on come on come on let's go like being a perfect mom and a perfect lawyer and like all the stuff she's doing and he can't really keep up with her.
1: Yeah, he also uses an analogy that I'm not sure if you remembered or that you picked up on because it was a sports analogy. Oh, I
0: probably missed that.
1: (laughs) No shade to you at all. But I was like, I don't know if Jules is going to even remember this, but I thought it was so funny. So Apollo says, you know, talking about Phaedra also um, saying, you know, marriage is a team sport. And I'm over here and, you know, I'm the QB and I'm looking for my receiver, but instead she's out in the stands. And I'm like, okay, so how am I going to get this touchdown, right? You know what I mean? (laughs) And all the guys are just like implicitly supporting this foolishness, honestly. But
0: okay, right? Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. I think he's frustrated with Phaedra, but it's not really Phaedra he's frustrated with.
1: Yeah, I think it's other factors. And also, I will say that I don't see Phaedra as somebody who has ever – not been driven and from what I understand her and Apollo were like high school sweethearts or something like that like they've known each other for a long time and to think that this woman is going to be different from like who she is and how she's been seems a little silly to me to expect somebody to be the complete opposite right of like somebody who's just like willing to be out in the club and like not doing much of anything when She worked very hard to become a very successful lawyer in Atlanta. Like,
0: yeah, totally. mm. Um, But then they sit together and joke about the divorce rumors. And then they're like, they have like a crazy kiss. Oh, (laughs) so intense. My gosh. But you got to say
1: the setup because it was, I I tried to Google and nothing helped. So (laughs) Apollo approaches Phaedra in this club event and he says, Baby, are you leaving me? And then Phaedra responds with Only if Willie takes you out.
0: Oh, yeah, Willie's her mortuary mentor.
1: Oh my gosh! (laughs) oh I should have just texted you like who the hell is Willie I'm so confused I was like is this a euphemism for his penis like I was very confused and I was like googling and couldn't figure out any of it he's
0: the guy who owns the mortuary (laughs) she's taking over oh okay well there you go it wasn't actually that confusing (laughs) ladies and gentlemen no, but I'm glad you remembered that they had that whole setup. That's so funny,
1: right? Because then, right after apparently talking about a mortuary, <laughs> they share one of the most disgusting kisses I think I've
0: ever seen on TV. Yeah, I mean TV. they're definitely like putting it on for everybody. Like, look how gross we kiss.
1: <laughs> yeah. And Apollo says, yeah, we're porno stars in the bedroom.
0: Oh, God.
1: Porno stars. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. And
0: that's the end of our episode. That's the note we finish on. Yes.
1: Porno stars sipping Moscato at bar one. (laughs) I know. I
0: wonder where the rumors came from.
1: I know. They were totally unfounded. I don't know. It does seem like
0: they might have been. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Okay. So, Keens, mm-hmm. who's your peach of this episode? Well, I would say Phaedra.
1: Yeah. <laughs> because, but honestly, I think Phaedra did a good. I think that part of why I feel like she shined in this episode was really the body positivity and the comfort in her own skin. It was also a little bizarre to see her sort of talking, forgetting that the cameras were there when she was talking about Apollo, and then being very aware of the cameras and giving us all types of craziness with the makeout session with him later on. And so for those reasons, I think that she's my peach. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I loved her saying she's also my peach because she was celebrating ultra white bodies (laughs) and saying they were scrumptious. (laughs) So nice. And then I also love that she did this whole monologue about wanting to murder her husband to Candy in the Pastor. <laughs> oh, the best.
1: Oh, so good. Well, then who was your pit this episode?
0: Okay. I think that my pit is Walter. Mm. It's not the first time he's ended up on the pit list. Um Only because I understood what he was saying in his arguments with Kenya. But then to go and just avoid her at this event, I was like, okay, now you're being a little bitch. Like, come Mm. on. This is undermining your whole argument. You're just being a jerk.
1: Yeah, agreed. I would actually give it to a a different guy. I would give it to Peter.
0: Mm.
1: Um, Primarily just because the way that he interacts with Cynthia remains cringe to me. And it, it, it just... It strikes me as an example of how an insecure man tries to make the confident woman that he lucked up with be less secure in her skin. And I don't I don't like that at all. I also think that he may have orchestrated some of the craziness with his insistence on taking shots at Cynthia's event. Oh but.
0: yeah, he's always trying to get the guys drunk. Like more shots, more yeah. tequila.
1: I don't understand why, but probably because he knows that that's a great way to make things messier.
0: Yeah, and that's gold. Oh gosh, he really he's, wants to he's be a housewife. Like a messy demon, but you know, gotta love him. Yeah, sometimes he's a peach and sometimes he's a bit. <laughs> <laughs> like the sour patch kid. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that brings us to the end. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah.
1: And join us next time when we recap episode 10 of Real Housewives of Atlanta, season five. Yes. Double Vision is created by Jules and Keynes. Starring Jules and Keynes. Produced and edited by Juliana Trungali golden